Hey everybody, welcome to the Your Move podcast where we are all about helping you make better decisions and live with fewer regrets. I'm Andy Stanley and before we jump into today's podcast, I wanted to take just a moment to personally thank everyone who supports Your Move. It's the generosity of people like you, our podcast listeners and subscribers that make this podcast possible. If listening to the podcast has inspired you to make better decisions or perhaps live life a little bit differently, I hope you'll consider supporting Your Move with a tax-deductible gift. Just text your move, all one word, your move to 77977. That's your move to 77977. Or visit yourmove.is slash give. That's yourmove.is slash give. Again, to donate, text your move to 77977 or you can give online. As always, thanks for your support. And now back to the podcast. At every stage of life, there are things that we should do that sometimes we don't do, and then in the next stage of life, we look back and say, oh, I wish I had, I wish I had. In other words, one way to put it is this way, that the present becomes the past that shapes your future. That the present right now eventually becomes the past. A year from now, this will, today will be a year in the past, which ultimately shapes our future. And we've all lived long enough to know that there are things we wish we had done. There are things that we are glad that we did. Some of us had great people in our lives that spoke into our lives and kind of gave us a heads up. And you look back and you're like, gosh, it didn't make sense at the time. But I'm so glad my dad told me that. I'm so glad my first boss told me that. I'm so glad a teacher told me that. I'm so glad a coach told me that. You know, whatever it was. And then again, we look back and go, oh, I wish I'd listened. I wish I'd listened. The interesting thing about this whole you'll be glad you did thing is um, at the end of Jesus' most famous sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, he actually, he, he addresses this, this dynamic and, and, and here's how he said it. He said this. He said, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, this is at the end of the, you know, that, that sermon, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, that is everybody who um, hears what I'm saying and then does it, is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. He, he tells this parable, this guy built a house on the rock, another guy built his house on the sand, you remember the song, we won't sing it today, and then later, not immediately, later a storm came, and the guy who built his house on the rock was so glad he built his house on the rock because it withstood the storm. The guy that built his house on the sand wished he'd built his house on the rock because his house did not withstand the storm. So Jesus points to this whole idea that you know what? There are things that you do in this generation, there are things you do in this stage of life, and if you get it right, at the end of the day, you'll look back and go, ah, oh, I'm so glad I did. And in his case, he basically said, if you will follow what I teach, and if you will apply these words of mine, then, when you look back on your life, you go, I'm so glad that I did. For those of you who are single, I want to take what I would probably say to you if I was sitting down over coffee, and this comes from the New Testament. This is New Testament teaching that I'm sort of picking and choosing to say, hey, but if you're in that stage of life where you're single, this is so appropriate for you. Now, when I say single, I mean like you've never been married or you've been married and you're out of that marriage or maybe you're out of two marriages and you're between marriages. When I say single, it's like you don't ever want to get married because you've been there and done that or you've never been married and you know some married people and you're like, I like single problems better than married problems. So you're not even looking for the love of your life. You are so extraordinarily content. You get to spend your money any way you want to spend it. You get to live where you want to live. If you don't like somebody, you just move on with your life and you're content being single. So this is for those of you who hope one day to move from single status to couple status. And this is for those of you who are single that just love being single. 
Here are three things straight out of the New Testament. Um, you're not going to love them, but that's okay. Uh, you may not even like me when we're done. That's okay as well. But I want you to at least consider these three things because I'm absolutely convinced you will be glad you did. Now, I'm going to go ahead and give them to you all up front. Here we go. Three things. Number one, get out of debt. Number two, stay out of bed. And number three, clean out your closet. <laughs> Any questions? All right, you're dismissed. Take, see you next week. Well, that's it. Get out of debt, stay out of bed, clean out your closet. So let's talk about each one of these real quick. Um, get out of debt, let me tell you what I mean by that. I mean like if you're in, you're in debt, get out. <laughs> now, I'm not talking about your mortgage, even if you're upside down in your mortgage. I'm talking about that dumb debt, okay? I'm talking about the, the credit card debt. That dumb debt, you know, it's food. It's, it's just the stuff that you're like, oh, I need to pay this off. How did it get so big? For some of you, it's school loans, and I'm all for school loans, but you're 35, okay? You still had this partner. It's my school loan partner. I take it with me wherever I go, and the interest rate was so low, and you just keep dragging that thing around, and you know you need to pay it off, or you're in a car you shouldn't be driving, or maybe you did buy something you didn't buy, or you're, you've, leased, you've leased a house, and you, you know, it's caused and you to have to borrow money for the necessities of life, and you're, you just have yourself in a little bit of a mess financially. If you're single, get out of that kind of debt. Now, there's two reasons I'm picking on you, because that, this is true for everybody, but it's especially true for those of you who are single, and, and there's a couple reasons, and you're not even gonna believe this, but you just ask anybody who's been married five years or longer, and they'll tell you this is true. It will never be easier for you to get out of debt than it is right now. You're going, oh, no, 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 it'll be, it'll be easier if I meet the love of my life and I go from single to couple. No, you, it will never be easier for you to get out of debt than right now. Just ask somebody else. You think it'll be easier? There's one exception I'll get to in just a second, but for 99% of you, it is, it'll never be easier. Now, let me tell you why this is such a big deal. Because your financial bad habits or your bad financial habits will eventually, if you're not careful, become somebody else's financial problem. And even if you're not looking for the love of your life, and even if you're not looking for that special someone, and even if you're not interested in getting married, hopefully, if I had my wish for you, hopefully that's gonna happen for you, even if you just haven't been lucky in the past. And when it happens, you don't want this coming with you. Because I gotta tell you, it makes you less attractive. I mean, you're so cute right now, and when he finds out you got $12,000 worth of credit card debt, that becomes a filter. She was really attractive till I found out about her $12,000 credit card debt. And I'm like, you know, she's not so cute after all. She got that little thing right here, didn't bother me before, and I got that deal up there, and you know, I'm gone, you know? I'm serious. I mean, he thought your car, she thinks your car is so hot, you know, it's so great, then she finds out that you owe $30,000, and she's like, you, the, my parents bought a house for their what? You owe what? And all of a sudden, you're just not so hot anymore. It makes you less attractive. And your financial bad habit will eventually has the potential to become somebody else's financial problem. And you're going, Andy, but I'm not even in a relationship. I'm not even looking, but I'm telling you, you keep dragging that thing around, it's gonna show up in a relationship, and eventually, you have to introduce your debt into the relationship. So just go ahead and decide, I'm gonna get out of debt. Because eventually, you know, you, you, know, you start dating and you get more, more and more serious and you kind of have this secret out here because that's what happens because you don't want to talk about it, it's a secret. But eventually you have to say, hey, I need to introduce you to somebody who comes with me. 
You thought it was just me, but I got two friends. You, you, you know, you get in a relationship with me. You got to meet. You've heard of Lord Grantham. This is MasterCard. Okay, MasterCard comes with me. And this is my Miss School Debt. Say hi to Miss School Debt. If you get me, you get both of these. We, there's going to be four of us in this relationship, right? You don't want to do that. I mean, do you want to do that? You don't have to do that. You could decide today, you know what? I am getting out of debt. Now, the one, you know, the, the 1% of you that think, you know, I've got this all worked out because you're thinking, no, I'm gonna carry my friends, the debt twins, you know, with me wherever I go, and then I'm gonna meet somebody, and when we get in a relationship, you know, when they're all legally bound up with me and I kind of say, oh yeah, there was something I forgot to tell you, then they're gonna pay off my credit card and pay off my car and pay off my debts. I'm gonna meet somebody and they're gonna be the solution to my financial problems. Again, you just ask somebody who's been married five years or more how they think that's gonna play. Because one of two things is true. Either you don't tell them till it's too late, and then you have a marriage problem. And if you think single problems are bad, you ain't seen nothing till you had a marriage problem. And you bring yourself a big old surprise to the marriage. Oh, there was one thing I forgot to tell you. Listen, in marriage, and in a permanent relationship going forward, you don't want any, not none, not any surprises. So at some point, you gotta tell him, and at some point, you gotta tell her. So why not decide now you're not gonna have that story to tell now? The question that always comes up is, but how? And here's how, what I would say to how. You are smart people. You can figure it out. People don't stay in debt because they don't know how to get out. They, don't, they stay in debt because they don't have the discipline to get out. So single people, you have an opportunity that will go away because it will only get more complicated and it will only get more difficult over time. Besides, part of getting out of debt is developing new financial habits and new financial habits are a good thing to follow you into the future. Old debt is a bad thing to follow you into the future. So get out of debt. Now's the time, get out of debt. You will be glad that you did. All right, number two, stay out of bed. Now, what do I mean by this? You know what I mean by this. Okay, stay out of bed. Here's, here's, here's why I put that on there. Um, the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul who wrote letters to all these churches that he had planted, he planted in the first century around the uh, Mediterranean rim, he wrote letters to, in, to, to cities that had sexual, sexualized cultures that dwarf even what we experience in, in the United States and even in the modern Western world. I mean, in Corinth, for example, I'm gonna read you a piece of a letter he wrote to the church in Corinth. In Corinth, I mean, imagine this. Imagine men who owned slaves. Imagine owning women, okay? Don't imagine it for very long, okay? So men owned women. There were no rules. There were no laws. They were property. Not only that, if they got tired of their slaves, they went to church. They went down to the pagan temple where they had pagan temple prostitutes. So part of going to Church, not really, but part of going to temple was all these sexual things that went on that they paid for these temple prostitutes. So this was a very, very sexualized um, um, culture. So when I read to you what he wrote to the, the Christians in Corinth, if your temptation is to push back and go, well, that's old and that's the Bible, they don't understand 21st century culture, I'm telling you what they faced in that day dwarfs even what we face in our very sexualized culture today. But in this little statement, the Apostle Paul doesn't just say, don't do it, okay? 
The Apostle Paul gives us a reason and gives us an insight into the nature of man that is so extraordinarily complex, but so extraordinarily insightful. Here is a statement that we could go for hours on because it's so extraordinarily true. Here's what he said. He said, flee from sexual immorality. And that's what you would expect the preacher to say. Flee from sexual immorality. Why, Paul? And then listen to what he says. All other sins... All means like all, okay? All other sins a a person commits are outside the body. But, in other words, in contrast to all other categories of sins, now don't hear me say something he's not saying. He's not saying sexual sin is worse than all other sins. He's saying that sexual sin is different than all other sins. And you know something? You already know that. You already know that. You already know that. For many of you, your greatest regret, as bad as you've wasted some money, is not about money. You know there's something about abusing sexuality, about expressing sexuality in an inappropriate way. You know that it it just kind of follows you around. It's It's like no other category. It's the difference between being beat up and being raped. They're not even in the same category, because there's something about our sexuality that's far deeper than what's simply physical. It goes deeper than what's simply physical. It's like no other arena of your life. All other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. In other words, when you sin sexually, when you are irresponsible with the expressions of your sexuality, are you ready for this? I mean, it's 2,000 years ago. Paul says, you hurt your self. He says, there are many sins you can commit and you feel bad about it and you pay people back and you say you're sorry and you move on. He says, but when you sin sexually, you hurt yourself. So what would you expect God who loves you to say except flee immorality? Now, that's true of all of us. If you're a Christian, if you're a Christ follower, Then he speaks directly to you and to me. He says this. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? He says, therefore, in other words, logical conclusion, since you belong to God, honor God with your bodies. Honor God with your bodies. If you're a Christ follower, if you're a Christ follower, I I know you may be the only person you know who decides to do this. If you're a Christ follower, you have been called and I have been called to honor God with our bodies and the context for honor God with your bodies is as it relates to to your sexuality and your expressions of sexuality. So if I'm looking at you eyeball to eyeball across the coffee table, I say, look, as a single person, stay out of bed. Honor God, make it a habit of honoring God with your body. You will be glad you did, just as in some cases you are already sorry that you didn't. And it's not that God is some kind of cosmic killjoy. I mean, we can't even imagine this. God, if you're a Christian, here's what we believe. In fact, if you're of any religion, here's what you believe, whether you've thought about it or not. God created sex. He's not against it, he made it. Once upon a time, there was none, and once upon a time, he went, Oh, I've got a great idea. (laughs) And the angels are like, what? And he's like, you're not gonna understand this. Check this out. He made it. Wow. He made it. And he says, now, I made it, it's fragile, it's awesome, it's dangerous. 
Honor me with your body. Now, if this whole thing just seems so onerous and you're like, okay, Andy, I don't think I'll ever get married again, so are you saying I don't ever have sex for the rest of my life? No, let's, let's, let's just take it one year at a time. Would you be willing to honor God with your body by making a commitment not to date for a year, just a year, to kind of clear your mind, to give God an opportunity to do something unusual? And if you do, let me tell you what's gonna happen. At the end of that year, you will see yourself differently, especially if you've been relationship after relationship after relationship, and guys, for you, dating means results and leads to sex, and if it doesn't lead to sex, you move on to something else, and part of you is going, that's not right, and part of you is going, it's natural, and you've got some kind of way that, to you know, support your decisions. Hey, that's between, between you and God. But you know, you know that you're in a rut, or ladies, and even for you, there's this sense in which, you know, it's what people expect, it's the culture we lived in, you've kind of convinced yourself, but something inside of you, relationship after relationship after relationship, there's something inside of you going, I know this isn't right. Would you be willing to take a year from today and decide no dating for me? And if you do, here's what's gonna happen. At the end of that year, you're gonna see yourself differently, you're gonna see other people differently, and most importantly, you're gonna see God differently. And here's how I know that. Jesus said something that was so profound, I've never preached on it because I'm sure I can't even begin to tease out the significance of this statement. Here's what he said, and I know it's true. I, this is so true. He said this, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And although I don't know everything that means, I know this is what it means that there is clarity that comes with moral purity. There is clarity that comes with moral purity that you can't gain any other way. And here's how some of you know that's true. Because as you have been more and more sexually involved from relationship to relationship to relationship, you know that you live with a bit of a fog. Things aren't as clear to you as they used to be. Because there is a clarity that comes with purity that Jesus promised that I can't explain, but a year from today, a year from tonight, you'll know if you're willing to stay out of bed. And I guarantee you this, you will be glad that you did. Last ones, clean out your closet. And what do I mean by that? I'm talking about that stuff in your personality that makes you a little bit weird, okay? I mean, you get angry too quickly, there's certain things that make you feel so insecure, you just know, why am I so insecure? And you beat yourself up, why am I so insecure? There's certain things, that there, there's a jealousy thing, there's a rage thing. I mean, there are things about you, you know that aren't quite right, but because you're single, you manage around them. Because you're single, if your roommate pushes your buttons, you get a new roommate. If your boss pushes your button, you get a new job. Anybody, the tennis partner, whatever it is, you know, if you're around people and they just kind of tweak you a little bit, you just manage around them and you're able to because you're single. But at some point, I hope you fall in love. And at some point, I hope you meet the love of your life. And at some point, I hope you have a happily ever after. But I'm telling you, if you don't deal with the stuff in your closet now, you will deal with it in marriage and just ask anybody who's been married more than 35 minutes, okay? <laughs> it is way easier to deal with your stuff single than it is married because here's what's gonna happen. I will predict your future. Whatever your stuff is that you've got in your closet, you know, when it comes out, you will blame your partner. 
You will blame your partner. You will blame your partner. And you have an opportunity that no married person has. You have an opportunity to deal with it as a single person. Here's what I mean by that. It's the current issues. It's the current issues caused by past events. It's those current issues, those things that you know about yourself that you kind of dodge and work around, but you know they're somehow connected to your past. Now is the time to work on them. Jesus says that those things come from your heart. Jesus says those things come from your heart, that the food that goes in your mouth isn't a problem, it's what comes out of your mouth that's a problem, and Jesus says all of those things that come out of your mouth, those things that, you know, the slander and the words and the anger, and he says all of that's a heart issue, and you as a single person have an opportunity to deal with those heart issues now before you drag them like you're dragging a financial issue into a future relationship. Here's the deal. It'll never be easier and you will never be less motivated. It'll never be easier. Once you get into a relationship, it gets more complex because you've got another person to blame, but you'll never be less motivated because right now as a single person, you're able to navigate around all of those things rattling around on the inside of you. It'll never be easier. You'll never be less motivated, but if you will begin to deal with that stuff now, you will be glad you did. None of this is a surprise, okay? And I know this, okay? You know, I, I, I don't have any control over your life, and I'm not even, I can't even really tell you what to do. It's up to you. So you sit and you listen to something like this, and you go, okay, that debt thing, yeah, I, need, I, I probably need to get rid of that car, you know. Okay, I need to work on that credit card, you know, I, I need to work on that. That whole sex thing, you're crazy, okay? And then that, that, you know, I know I've got an anger issue. I've got an anger issue. Okay, I know I have an anger issue. Okay, I don't have an anger issue. Okay, I might have an anger issue. Okay, I need to work on that. So, you know, you, you, you kind of pick and choose, you know? And, and here's, here's, let me just, now that you've, I know what you're thinking, so let me push back on you, okay? Here's the thing. Even if you're not looking to get into a relationship, even if you've been so burned in the past, you're done. I hope you fall in love. I don't care how old you are or what you're, I hope you fall in love. I hope you find your soulmate. I hope you go from single to couple. I hope you go, go to happily ever after. I hope that for you. But here's what I know. If you aren't willing to deal with these three things, then when you meet the potential love of your life, in that moment, as you begin to move toward that relationship and as you begin to move toward maybe making it permanent, you become something that you hate. You become a hypocrite. And you don't like hypocrites. But if you refuse to work on this list, you become a hypocrite, and here's why. Because when you meet the person you wanna spend the rest of your life with, you know what you're gonna hope? You're gonna hope that they'd gotten out of debt, stayed out of bed, and cleaned out their closet. <laughs> I mean, isn't that the dream list? I mean, don't you wanna hear, oh yeah, yeah, my car, well I had a really nice car, but you know what, I got so tired of those car payments and I decided about a year ago I'm getting out of debt, I don't have any debt. Check. <laughs> like that. You know, you're a little short for me, but you just got taller, okay, that's awesome. No debt, the guy has, in fact, I paid, in fact, I got so committed, you know, I paid off my house. Paid off house, I'll even deal with the hair, okay. <laughs> right? Isn't that what you wanna hear? I mean, do you really wanna hear no debt, forget you? What do you mean you have no debt? <sighs> Get out of here. See, in this, in this area alone, why would you refuse to work on yours when you're gonna hope they've worked on theirs? What about this one? 
well, you know, and I came out of college, and I had a boyfriend, I moved in with him, and we stayed together about a year and a half, and I thought, you know what, this isn't right. And I, I moved out, and that was about six years ago, and I just, I've just, I know it's weird, but I just haven't, you know, I just haven't, that hasn't been a part of my life since. Like that story. How about this one? Well, you know, my parents, my parents, my parents' marriage was a train wreck, and I was, I came out of their divorce. I was so angry, and I realized I just can't. So you know what? I know this is kind of embarrassing, but I spent two years in counseling, paid for it with my own money, because, and I'm just, whew, I just felt like I'm free from that. <laughs> I mean, nobody's looking for a woman with daddy wounds. Do you have daddy wounds? Ah, I'm not interested. You almost somebody comes into this relationship roaring angry and blames me for everything she's mad at her dad about. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> I hate my mother. Well, you're the guy. I'm, you're my guy. I want a guy who hates his mother. <laughs> we'll hate her together. Then you can hate me. It'll be awesome. Because you're accustomed to a lot of turmoil in your home, so we'll have a lot in ours. It'll be perfect. <laughs> All I'm saying is this. If this is good news for the person you might meet someday, why not become the person you're looking for? Why not become the person you're looking for? Now, just think a minute. If there really is a God who's a personal God who like knows your name, if there really is a God who created you and didn't just like create humanity and then went off to do something else, but like somehow is involved with you, what would a God who loves you say other than, hey, get out of debt. Hey, you know, stay out of bed. This is fragile, it's awesome, but it's fragile. And hey, look, let me, let me help you forgive and let me help you move on and let me help you face your insecurities. Let's deal with this now. Let's not wait till there's another person in the relationship that you blame for all that. Isn't that what God who loves you would want for you? And you know what the even broader context for all this is? And this is, this is really why bring it up is because when you begin to deal with each thing on that list, the easy one, debt, okay, you know, God, I don't know how I'm going to get out of debt. Listen, this is, this, is, this is why we're here. When your faith in God, God, I'm trusting you to help me to figure this out. When your faith intersects with God's faithfulness, your spiritual life, it comes alive. God comes alive. When your faith intersects with God's faithfulness, I'm telling you, something happens in you. And when you decide to forgive, and when you decide to face that anger, or to face the insecurity and the root of that insecurity, and God, I don't even want to think about this because when I think about it, it terrifies me. God, every time I talk about this, I cry. Every time I talk about this, I feel like something's coming up, and if it ever gets all the way up to here, I'm afraid what's going to come out. But God, I don't want to carry this anymore. When your faith intersects with God's faithfulness, oh my gosh, your life will change. And you'll know your heavenly father on a personal and even intimate level. Because the issue isn't debt, the issue isn't sex, and the issue isn't your dysfunction. The issue is a heavenly father who wants to connect with you in a real way. And here's how he connects. It's throughout Old and New Testament. Obedience, like Jesus said, obedience leads to relationship. Your faith, God, I'm gonna try this. God's faithfulness, he's gonna come through for you. So 
Would you get out of debt? Would you stay out of bed at least for a year? Just try this for, would you get out of, stay out of bed? And would you clean out even the most painful, disgusting, embarrassing parts of that closet? Because if you do, you'll be glad you did. And if you don't, I'm afraid that you'll wish you had. Hey, as always, thank you so much for listening to this week's Your Move podcast and a special thanks to all of our financial supporters who make this podcast possible. If you would like to make a tax-deductible gift to Your Move, it's very easy. You simply text Your Move, all one word, that's Y-O-U-R-M-O-V-E, to 77977. Just text Your Move to 77977. Or you can visit our website and donate there at yourmove.is slash give. That's yourmove.is slash give. Again, thank you so much for your support.